This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Everything was beautiful. And meanwhile, behind me, this group of photographers are inching closer and closer to the shore. And suddenly I hear screams from everybody. And they're they're running. They're running behind trees and getting out of Dodge. And I'm trying to figure out what's going on. And grandma's sitting on the, the shore and she she couldn't get up and run if she <laughs> if she wanted to. And uh this moose is running right towards me. And so when you see that, I mean, you think they're big until you actually are next one. And then you realize they are massive. Right. <laughs> yeah. When, when that moose came within 10 feet of me and I just had my arms <laughs> open, like just try to make myself look big. And, <laughs> and I'm like, I, I don't know what's going to happen, but hopefully <laughs> Grandma Joy will make it through this. <laughs> hopefully I will too. This is the Dear Bob and Sue podcast, stories from our journey to all the U.S. national parks and other public lands. I'm Matt Smith. And I'm Karen Smith. In this special episode, we won't be talking about our journey to all the national parks. Instead, we'll be sharing the story of another couple's journey to visit all 63 parks, Brad Ryan and his Grandma Joy, known on social media as Grandma Joy's Road Trip. We had a chance to talk with Brad and Grandma Joy last month about their seven-year quest. We wanted to find out what it's been like for Grandma Joy, now in her 90s, to crisscross the country, travel to Alaska and the Virgin Islands, and experience adventures that she never dreamed would be possible. Their very inspirational story coming up next. So excited about this episode, Matt. I am too. It was fun talking to Brad and Grandma Joy. Oh my gosh, it was so great. Now, before we get into our interview, we wanted to give you some background about their story. You know, they have been featured in publications like People Magazine, The London Times, and The Washington Post. Plus, they've been on all kinds of TV shows like CBS News, The Today Show, and on and on. And we didn't want to spend what time we had with them asking them the same questions that they've been asked a million times. Or really the same questions we were asked when we were on all of those shows. (laughs) (laughs) Especially like, you know, the Today Show. I mean, if we have to go on the Today Show one more time, we're just, we'll phone it in. It's a little exhausting, we're, isn't it? We're not going to New York and sitting in a studio one more time. Yeah, it is amazing how their story has just exploded. All right, so here is the backstory of Brad and Grandma Joy. Uh, seven years ago, 
Brad took his grandma Joy camping in Great Smoky Mountains National Park after she told him that she had never seen a mountain in her entire life. Yeah, and at the time, she was 85, and she was still living in the same small town that she was born in, Duncan Falls, Ohio. She had been married, raised three children, and she ran a gift shop in the back of which her husband made hats and shirts. And then when she became a widow in her 60s, she worked in a grocery store to help pay the bills. And her grandson, Brad, who's in his early 40s and lives in Washington, D.C., he's a veterinarian. Right. Uh, right. He decided that uh, he wanted to reconnect with his grandmother. So the journey began in 2015, as we said, when Grandma Joy mentioned she'd never seen a mountain before, uh, and Brad decided to take her on a three-day camping trip to Great Smoky Mountain National Park, where she slept in a tent for the first time in her life. (laughs) Yeah, they hiked, and they climbed mountains, and she was so excited, and, and you'll hear, as Brad says, he was kind of surprised at her reaction to this trip, really how much she enjoyed it, the whole thing. As we all know, it's not easy traveling, particularly doing outdoor activities, but she loved it all. The whole camping thing, I guess she was a real trooper, even when it rained and uh, sleeping on the ground. And and so I think that spurred Brad on to take her to some more parks. Yeah, so back in uh, 2017, they did a 28-day camping trip. (laughs) That's pretty ambitious. It is. Uh, Yeah, and uh, during that trip, they visited 21 national parks. And I saw Brad had mentioned in an article that they were on a very tight budget, and so they camped and they ate noodles. And Grandma Joy said she was getting pretty good at at putting the tent up and taking it down. Yeah, and then after that, they uh, visited more parks in 2018 and 2019, and Then Brad started uh, keeping track of their journey and chronicling it on social media to share it with family and friends. And, of course, became a a popular story because it's a fun, inspiring story. And then local news picked it up and so on and so forth. That's right. And now they are incredibly famous. And we're just so happy that they had time to, to chat with us on this episode because there are a lot of demands on their time. I think they have news outlets literally calling them every day. Yeah, it's it's a lot of work to uh, respond to all those requests, and and they're troopers in doing that because when we talked to them, it's it was as if they were talking about their journey for the very first time, th- their level of enthusiasm. So that was fun. Yes. So at this point, Grandma Joy and Brad have been to sixty two of the sixty three national parks. They will visit their final park, American Samoa, in April of twenty twenty three. Like everybody else, we started following their journey on Instagram uh, in 2019, and we watched in amazement as Grandma Joy, who is now 92, she she did things like whitewater rafting, she ziplined, she has climbed mountains, and we've become friends with Brad on social media. Now, I know a couple of times we have tried to meet up with them in person. Um, we have sent messages back and forth about, are you guys going to be in this state and are we? And, and unfortunately, we were just never in the same place at the same time. Right. Our calendars just didn't match up. So this was the first time we had a chance to speak with them face to face, and we did a Zoom call. And we were able to record the audio of that. Uh, At the time, they were in Richmond, Virginia, and they had just wrapped up a day of travel and some interviews, and we caught up with them one night. Hi, Matt. (laughs) Hi there. Hi, Brad. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Hi, Grandma Joy. (laughs) 
Hi, I've been rushing around. I didn't know if I was going or coming. <laughs> I bet. It's so nice to see your faces in person. I'm having a little bit of a fangirl moment right here. <laughs> Likewise. (laughs) It's been so much fun following you on Instagram and seeing all the parks that you've been to and then thinking about our time at the parks and kind of comparing that. So we've really been looking forward to chatting with you guys about the parks and about your experiences. Absolutely. I know we haven't met anybody who has done as many as you guys have. We just like to get your perspective on going to the parks and and this great journey, like a journey that Karen and I did as well. Didn't really know what to expect when we started going to all the parks and it changed us a lot. I'm sure it's changed you. Oh, hundred percent. Especially for, I mean, I had only been to three national parks before we started this together, but I had more international travel experience. So it, that was partly why we had this idea because it was allowing us to see, it allowed us to both see the country for the first time together. Uh, We mentioned in our intro that um, your first trip together was Great Smoky Mountains National Park, and and you went there because Grandma Joy had never seen a mountain before. Right. Right. So how did you get from that trip to, hey, let's go to all the national parks? Like, how did it occur to you? And how did you think that was going to be possible? Well, I... I wanted to do that trip because I felt really devastated when she told me that her regret in life was that she never laid eyes on on the mountains. You know, I, I did a little bit of a deeper dive and, and learned about where she had gone when my grandpa was still alive. And I learned in that conversation that really, while he was alive, she put her dreams on the back burner to allow for him to go and do the things that he wanted to do because he was, you know, the one who put food on the table for the most part. But at the same time, you know, she was in her 80s. She was still full of an adventurous spirit. And I could tell that if she had an opportunity to actually get on the road and and go and see and see these places and, and experience all that, I knew that she would be up for it. I knew that she would be appreciative of it. It just was a, a matter of when, because I had to start vet school pretty soon after I learned that. So that trip was really meant to be what I would say is just like a one and done. I was I wanted to take her on a camping trip so I would have some photos of us in the Smokies and I wouldn't have that that regret. And then she blew me away because she didn't just go on a camping trip. She climbed mountains with me at age 85 and she she smiled when she fell off the air mattress <laughs> as as the rain was coming down, you know? And it did as much for me as it did for her, I think. And I look back on that trip after I graduated from vet school, there was about a year and a half that went by before we would go on our next trip. But I just kept going back to how wonderful that felt. And I had the photos of us on the trip on the Appalachian Trail and seeing her in, in the tent smiling back at me. And I just thought, this can't be the end of the magic. That's really what it was. I just thought, I want to go see Yellowstone. So of course, I want her to come with me. And then the visions just started coming. Like, what? yeah. And how did that? And how did that turn into all of them seeing all the national parks? Because we get that question too, and, and I don't know yep. that we have a good answer other than I don't either. Just one day we said we let's let's go see them all. Yeah, I think I think it was just as I researched the parks and I I was learning about the diversity of our lands in in real time as I was reading through the books with her, and so we just. We thought at first, well, maybe we'll just do this 28-day camping trip and and check off Yellowstone, Yosemite, Glacier, the big ones, or what I would consider the big ones. And it, it just became a purpose in my life. 
you're you're alive. I'm alive. Life is happening. So let's go for it. One of the topics we wanted to talk to them about was Alaska to see how their experiences there in the Alaska parks compared to ours. Yeah, from Seattle. And it's a quick flight. It's inexpensive. They have, you know, multiple flights every day. So we were able to do the Alaska parks over three summers, uh, which worked out well because then we didn't have to plan that giant trip, you know, like you guys did. <laughs> yes. And, and and yet we dodged the rain the whole time, miraculously. And oh, that's great because we, we said it was impossible. Yeah, we, yeah. we ran into a lot of rain. And I think back when we did it, we did it, what, 10, 12 years ago. Uh, we weren't as adventurous back then as as we are now. So our our version of a visit was pretty much going to the park and doing a hike. We didn't do whitewater rafting or things like that. Uh, I think we would have we would do that now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so so let's talk about Wrangell first. So what did you guys do? We just drove in on the McCarthy Road. We just spent a day. We went back and we hiked to the glacier and that was it. We had one day. So what, what was your trip like? We flew, we did, We took a, a charter flight from Anchorage to Kennecott, McCarthy. Okay. And so the day we arrived, it, it was actually beautiful weather and we were on the logging road surrounded by wildflowers. And then the day after it started raining a little bit. That was our one sort of cloudy day. And that's when we went out with the McCarthy River uh, Outfitters group. And I signed up for a class one rapid trip. What did we end up getting? We got three. Uh, <laughs> Seriously? Yeah. Oh my gosh. It was really fun. It, 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 it oh was just like being on a roller coaster. So <laughs> it wasn't anything to be worried about. <laughs> Was Except really- the water was like a knife. It was so cold. Was it one of those rafting trips where you have to help paddle the boat? Luckily not. I mean, we okay. had a, a very, very experienced guide who reassured us that he could navigate through the the most treacherous parts. And he did it alone. It's amazing. Was it, was it just the three of you, you two and, and the guide in the boat? Yeah, but there, we had other people in our group that were on other rafts. Though, yeah. And their, their mouths were all agape. Oh God! No, we had to do was hang on. <laughs> Sometimes that's harder than it looks, though. Yeah. So how many how many hours was this trip? Yeah, we were we were out on the water for probably two hours. You think? Yeah, because he took us around and showed us the different uh, the glaciers that were yeah, melting. Yeah, there. Right. And oh my <laughs> word! I never seen so many clothes. Yeah. And then, and your helmet and your. And then we had to put a thing on with even put your shoes and your feet in shoes beside this other. Oh, it was something else. That's the worst <laughs> part of the whole trip. <laughs> was that to keep you warm and dry? <laughs> yes, just yeah. a big a big wetsuit. Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, it was just you know what I mean. After you've whitewater rafted with a ninety-one-year-old person, it will forever change the way I imagine what life can look like for myself if I'm lucky enough to live into my 70s, 80s and beyond, because she really, um, she surprises me all the time, but that was a different level of surprise. And we probably wouldn't have gone out on the water, but you know, you're, you've invested so much time and logistics and there was so much good will behind us getting there that we just had to go for it. Gosh, Grandma Joy, so you went from never seen a mountain before to Wrangell St. Elias, which has some of the biggest, most incredible mountains in that we've ever seen. That must have been really something for you to, to go from that one point to, to this point. Oh, it was uh, 
was a, a very, it was an amazing thing. I tell you that was all, and it even had snow on the top and it was in the summertime and it was, there was snow. That was hard to believe, really. I never expected to see snowballs at that time of the year. And when you were in Alaska, were you able to see Denali? Was the mountain out when you were there? Oh, yeah. We saw it all the way around. Up and down and all the way around. Nice. There wasn't a cloud in the sky. So you did the all-day, the the bus tour, obviously, right? We, We did it two different ways. The first time we saw Denali, we actually went from Talkeetna on Russ Flying Services mm-hmm. and landed on the glacier right in front of it, right? I mean, it was right behind us. And that's, you know, a breathtaking way to experience Denali, obviously. Any, any of the Alaska parks, you can't, you can't really appreciate how vast they are unless you see them from the air. So that was our first taste of it. And then we went back to Talkeetna and we continued in our RV up to the uh, gateway to the park. And then we took the, the, the driving tour through the park and this was before, I think there was a landslide that happened After. that shut down half of the road. Right, recently. right. And you were there before that? We were. Uh, so we also wanted to ask you about, I think the, the two parks we struggled with the most in Alaska were uh, Kobuk Valley and Gates of the Arctic, because yes. I don't know, we didn't really feel like we got to see them because we flew from Bettles Lodge. They flew us. We did all, We did a flight scene trip of both parks. They put the float plane down for 15 minutes at each park and we got to stand in the park, but that was, that was it for us. So, so what did you guys do when you visited those? So we, we flew from Anchorage to Kotzebue and then from Kotzebue, we allocated three days, three and a half days, I think, so that we had that wiggle room to, to have, you know, contingencies for bad weather. And you really do need that. If you're going to fly all the way up there, you need, you, you can't expect that you're going to be able to fly the one day that you have allocated for it. So yeah, our tour took us over the Bering Land Bridge National Preserve, as well as, oh, I'm going to blank on the names. <laughs> uh, there were three other National Park Service sites up there, in addition to um, the, the two national parks. Mm-hmm. So we did those three, and we landed in each of them. But when we landed in Gates, and when we landed in Kobuk Valley National Park, we spent an hour in each okay. of those parks. So okay. we didn't feel as rushed as I'm sure you felt. Yeah. yeah. Well, and we had bad weather uh, yeah, before we, and coming in after. Yeah. So. We had a pretty narrow window. Uh, I would say just a few hours because thunderstorms had passed through in the morning and then there was a break. And then we had to kind of beat the bad weather coming back. We did fly over the Aragach range in gates of the Arctic, which was spectacular. Yeah. It, it was my greatest dream to see her there that that was for whatever reason just the name of it to me that felt like the impossible park well, gates sure. of the arctic no and roads there exactly i mean just think you guys have been to a place that very few people have been to i mean it's a small group that can say they've stood in those two parks right and she may be the only person in her 90s that has done it i think so uh, you know watching her walk across the tundra i just at a distance and filming that was kind of emotional for me to be honest because you, you dream these big dreams in life and you hope that they'll come true. But when you're racing time and all the logistic, the logistic hurdles of it all, you never know if it really will come to fruition. And when it did, um, it really kind of took my breath away to see her there. I was excited to be there too, but to see her there, it just made me realize that, um, that all of our, all of our commitment to this and our intentions, it paid off. 
it was happening for you. It happened. Yeah. Amazing. Before we leave the Alaska parks, we wanted to ask you about, so I know, and we're going to talk about this in a minute. I'm sure everyone asks you what's in your favorite park so far. Right. And, and we get that. It's the most common question, isn't it? But I think we've talked about this on our podcast. Our favorite park experience had to have been Katmai, seeing those bears, walking amongst the, the brown bears, seeing them catch the salmon. What did you guys think about that? Oh, it was wonderful. That's something that I have dreamed about forever, but I never thought I was going to end up there. But I sure enjoyed myself while I was there. Did you see brown bears close up? There were 35 there when yeah. we were there. I mean, from the moment we landed on the water in front of the ranger station, there was a giant brown bear standing up like a periscope and we knew we were not in Kansas anymore. (laughs) Yeah. And you go to bear school and I can't believe we're going to walk this trail. It was amazing. We had seen photos of the viewing platform and, you know, we knew we would get to see those bears catching the salmon at the, at the falls, but we did not know that we would be walking on the trails and we would look over and there would be a a brown bear right there walking next to us. So I think that that happened to you. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Several times. <laughs> I think the salmon run was late for us when we were there last time. The salmon run was late. And so I think that we were there when it was just prime salmon catching time. And so they were all in the water. Did you fly in as a day trip or did you stay at Brooks Camp? It was a day trip. That was the very last park that we visited up there. Okay. We wanted to save the best for last. And um, I tell everybody that that's a... Um, Really, that's probably the most epic wildlife encounter I've ever experienced anywhere. And that includes African safaris and all of it. I mean, there's just nothing that can compare to seeing that many large carnivores in one space. So close by, I'm curious what what you did at Lake Clark National Park. So Lake Clark is when we stayed with the Lostons at the Island Lodge. And Brad was out on the front porch of the cottage, (laughs) brushing his teeth. And this big bear just saundered along right there. And you ought to see him come in the door. <laughs> I didn't know he could move that fast. It's amazing how quick you can move when there's a bear right there. Yeah. Well, we were on Lake Clark for probably four days. And then when we went back to Anchorage, we went on a Russ flying service trip to another part of the park where you can watch. It's a different lake. And that's where you can watch the bears fishing along the edge of the lake. So it, it, yeah. it was a little different than the Katmai experience. And then we also landed at Dick Prinicky's cabin. That's yeah. what we wanted to ask you about, because that, that was our, the focus of our trip, spending the day at his cabin. And we, we loved that because we had watched that show on PBS yeah. a million times. And so we wondered if you guys had seen his cabin. Yeah. I have, I'd never seen it on the TV. So I was uh, amazed at all the things that he made in it. Uh, and how he made those hinges for the door. And it was uh, it was really something to think that one lone man did all this himself. And he'd lived there by himself off and on, but in, he left it when he was 86. Right. So it, there was times there where he was not a young man and he was out there by himself. So were there some volunteer rangers staying in the cabin when you were there? Yeah, there was mm-hmm. one. There was this one woman. Uh-huh. And she yeah. gave us a great tour of the property. That was that was the first thing that we saw and before we went on to the lodge. And that was, you know, that was her recommendation that we had to see that. And I'm so glad we did. And once again, he's another example of, you know, if you stay active and you uh, you, you get out every day and you you keep your, um, you know, your physical stamina up, 
it can add to you. I think it can add to years of your life and maybe even reverse, reverse the aging process a bit. Everybody yeah. always says that about her, that she looks younger now than she did when we began. And I think that's partly just having something to look forward to in life and having hope and adventure around the next corner. And then, but it's also the fact that, you know, I make her hike. and when we came back we got his book that he'd written so it's interesting yeah um if you get a chance to watch the watch the shows too those are good a lot of pbs channels will show it particularly at donation time or fundraiser time is it's a popular time to show the dick prenicky oh then i'll watch for that because i like pbs i watch it a lot so back to the topic of favorite park. Do you guys have a, I know that's an impossible question, but do you have a favorite park that stands out in your mind? I liked um, Carlsbad Cabin, because it's kind of one that people don't visit like the rest of the parks. Yeah. And you use your imagination and you find out all sorts of things that's in there. One, I said, Brad, now that looks like a cow's udder. And he said, well, you know, what's that? And I said, well... <laughs> I guess you're not from the country. You would know what you fellow. I'm a veterinarian. I know. Yeah. What so we was uh, we were there for two hours. Other people just walked through. They sped through it, and we didn't. Brad and I just we examined each thing as we went along. It was really fun to make out different things what they were, like Christmas trees and Santa Claus and it was, different shapes. It, yeah, it was really something to think. One drop at a time of water made those huge formations. Grandma Joy, I'm obsessed with Carlsbad Caverns. I adore it. One thing to note, since you're doing all these adventurous things, I know they closed some of these tours since COVID, but they're, they have these extra tours there, Grandma Joy. And there's one we did where you rappel backwards down a rope in the dark, and then you go through this cool cave with, with headlamps and stuff. And so if you get a chance to go back to Carlsbad Caverns and they start up these tours again, you could see some other things besides besides the main cave. Yeah, I think the national parks, as you know, are people have the image of Glacier and Yellowstone in their head when they think of what a national park is. And as we know, everything is protected for a reason. And all 63 are unique in some way. And fortunately for us, um, they're protected and we can go and experience the diversity of, of what they have to offer. But I think there's something, imagine she, she lived most of her life in the same two traffic light town and took a evening hike every night in a cemetery. That was what she did to stay fit and active. And then suddenly she's crawling through narrow cave passages and mammoth cave and rolling down sand dunes and Colorado and on and on we go. But I think the caves are just, I think, I mean, that, that makes you a kid at any age. Matt, did you know I'm already finished with my holiday shopping? You bought everyone a Rumple blanket, didn't you? I did. 15 minutes on the Rumple website and I was done. I bought your mom an artist series blanket. I bought the college logo blankets for the kids. And for our friends, I chose a variety of national park and NFL blankets. They'll never guess that their warm, durable, all-season blanket was made from discarded plastic water bottles. Built to endure the elements, Rumple blankets repel spills, sand, stains, and odor no matter where they might take it. So which one did you get for me? Well, I don't want to spoil the surprise, but I'll give you a hint. They now have a collection with Carhartt, two of our favorite brands partnering together. For all of you who are looking for the perfect gift, Rumpel is having a sale this week, and you can use the code DEARBF to get an extra gift with purchase. 
That's D-E-A-R-B-F. So if you want to make your holiday shopping easy this year, head over to rumple.com, R-U-M-P-L, and choose a blanket that everyone on your list will love. Well, I'm curious, Grandma Joy, of all the places you've seen, are there any that you'd like to go back to? Yeah, I'd like to go back to the Virgin Islands. It was the most beautiful place there really is. And uh, it was the most surprising, I'll tell you that. There's no screens or windows or doors on any of the restrooms. Oh. <laughs> and, uh, we were sitting there eating our lunch, and I said, well, here comes two chickens. And they yeah. just sauntered around in there, and that man said, oh, well, there are mascots. <laughs> <laughs> he said, if he was here at Christmas time, he said, Lady opened up the bathroom door and a deer ran out. Really? Wow. He said, I got her the record. Grandma got run over by a reindeer for Christmas. <laughs> maybe that person had too many painkillers. Maybe, maybe it actually, <laughs> that might not have happened. <laughs> so where did you guys stay on the island? Because we stayed at Keneal Bay, which was then destroyed by the hurricane. Yeah. Where did you guys stay? We stayed at a condo very close to the visitor center, right on the water. Yeah, we'd love to go back there too, especially in the winter. Yeah, we we enjoyed the beaches. There was just a deserted beach that I think we were the only ones there. We were there all day. That was beautiful. Did you do the um, the trail that takes you up through all those Turkish head cacti and the, the hermit crabs? And we didn't. Uh, we were there in early December, and it was very very rainy. And the one day that it wasn't raining, we just figured we're going to the beach. Well, if you go back, I'll, I'll give you some pointers on, on great hikes because there are some spectacular overviews. It, it was just amazing that day. I got lucky with the weather because there were just, it was, it was a light rain and there were rainbows and the hermit crabs all rolled over on their back to hmm. drink. Oh my gosh, that sounds it's a, it's, amazing. Yeah, it was just like, oh, you wouldn't see anything like that anywhere else on earth, I don't think. Yeah. So it's more than just the pristine beaches and the sea turtles, but those aren't too bad either. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and the painkillers. <laughs> that was the first thing that our hosts, Tracy and Juice, uh, they met us at the port and they had a painkiller in hand. And they, that was the first. Oh, how funny. <laughs> that, that must be a tradition because that's what happened to us. And Is it? <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. They just hand it to you. We ran to a very nice lady and she offered us to get us some ice cream. So she got three dips of ice cream and it was $18. <laughs> I said, well, I think I could do with that ice cream if I lived there. That's the luxury tax. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm sure you've noticed a lot of these places are very expensive to go to. A lot of these towns. potato chips was $7.95. <laughs> so it goes up. But yeah, I mean, it's, but it's, it's such a, that's a magnificent park. You know, there are, um, there are a lot of parks that I, I I'm going to have to go back just so that I can hike and and experience some because I, I did it I did it with Grandma Joy but like we, we were just listening to your um your episode on the white knuckle drives and those are the moments that I kind of want to do again but not from the driver's seat <laughs> so I could actually see yeah because if I had looked we would have been over the cliff yeah <laughs> it's pretty scary from the passenger seat too though I'll tell you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but but that brings up another question. Um, do, do you guys have like a really frightening moment in the parks that stands out? Um, whether it's maybe it was that whitewater rafting trip or you know, sudden bad weather or, or wildlife sighting, anything that you were kind of genuinely afraid? Well, it went over one bridge that was <laughs> put together with bailing water. You could see the 
water down below and they put a board here and there. And so I had to stand there and say over this way a little bit or over this way a little bit because he fell down through one of them holes. We never would have got the car out. So we should tell them where that is. So Katahdin Woods and Waters National Monument in Maine. That was a, a newly established national monument a few years ago. Right. And it, it became a monument before there was any infrastructure put in there at all. So the GPS took me to a logging road. And we just we just kind of ended up in this maze of really old <laughs> back road logging roads and these bridges. I know the audience can't see my air quotes, but these, these bridges were just like rotted logs <laughs> and this is either going to be a you know a, a happy ending or it's going to be a really really bad ending if, if this gives out so that was that was really scary that was it was a, oh man and was... all the while being devoured by black flies oh wow oh my yeah. gosh you're not really that... selling it there brad <laughs> no 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 but that, but i mean that park has great potential it's um it's close to baxter state park Mm-hmm. Um, so you, you can see Katahdin from up there. It's it's gorgeous. But my my scariest moment was when we were in Glacier National Park, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so we were, um, there's a place called Fisher Cap Lake. And Fisher Cap Lake, you have to walk a section of the Continental Divide Trail to get to. Mm-hmm. And people will do that so they can watch the moose grazing on vegetation at night. And so we went there and it started off really beautiful because grandma was wearing this polka dotted fleece. And this little girl from Eastern Europe who didn't speak English, she was probably about four years old and had a very similar pattern of polka dots on her her pants and a polka dotted fleece herself that was a different color. And she just goes and sits next to my grandma because in her little brain, she saw this woman who was enjoying this moment just as much as she was. And she wanted to share her binoculars. And so I watched them for 15 minutes, just passing these binoculars back and forth. And everything was beautiful. And meanwhile, behind me, this group of photographers are inching closer and closer to the shore. And suddenly I hear screams from everybody and they're, they're running, they're, they're running behind trees and getting out of Dodge. And I'm trying to figure out what's going on. And grandma's sitting on the the shore and she, she couldn't get up and run if she, (laughs) if she wanted to. And uh, this moose is running right towards me. It was a mock charge, but you don't know it's going to be a mock charge when you're in the moment. And so when you see that, I mean, you think they're big until you actually are next one. Then you realize they are massive. (laughs) Yeah. So yeah, when when that moose came within 10 feet of me and I just had my arms open, like just try to make myself look big. And and I'm like, I I don't know what's going to happen, but hopefully... Grandma oh. Joy will make it through this. <laughs> Hopefully I will too. But, you know, we always are um, looking out for the wildlife and we'll speak up if we see people. Um, can get on their back and take a picture. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I'm sure you've all seen people behaving badly. Yes. And it seems like, you know, people tend to think that because they're national parks, it's like Disneyland and it, and everything's safe there. I don't think people realize the dangers in the national parks, how many things can go wrong. And that when something does go wrong, the animals will suffer too, you know, and that's, that's the thing. If you love, if you love wildlife, you have to respect boundaries and, and just watch from a distance and take it all in. I think people are so maybe part of it's just like the Instagram 
obsession and they think they have to get this perfect photo or whatever. But the, the more I visit these parks, the more I just try to put it down and soak up the moments. Right. Don't you think that on this journey, it, it makes you uh, more of a steward of the parks, right? Because all of a sudden you, you are seeing what they're like and, and having these experiences. And I think that journey also you know, helps make us all stewards of the parks and, and want to take care of them for future generations. I mean, you, you can't go back. Once you've seen the sequoias and you've walked underneath the canopy and you've experienced that, um, that grandeur of nature, you aren't going to just, you're not going to hear a story on the news about having lost 25% of them in a summer and not be gutted by that. Right. It hits you in a different way. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Tell us about your plans for American Samoa. What What are you thinking of doing there? What are you going to do? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know anything about it, that's for sure. I've never even seen anything about it. So I've heard Brad's talk to the rangers over there. So he has a better idea of what's going on, I think. It's a beautiful Pacific island. And if you liked Virgin Islands, I think you're going to like the the scenery there on American Samoa because it's spectacular beaches. Yeah. And one thing we'll tell you, there's a great restaurant, Tisa's, is it Barefoot Bar? I think that's it. Yeah. Yeah, It's on the ocean. This woman built this like tiki hut bar on the beach out of things that washed up. And uh, there's usually not very many people there. Like there were two people when we went and she'll cook you dinner. She'll make you drinks. She'll come and talk to you. You can play on her beach right there. It's really a special, special place. Um, so if you've got time, we'd highly recommend TISA. It's T-I-S-A. Are you going to try to see all the islands or just the main one? We're going to try to do all three. And right now, we've been lucky enough to be in communication with the the most senior ranger and the uh, superintendent of that park. And they're trying to help us with the logistic planning for that. And I think we will. We're going to try to do 10 days there. Oh, nice. And, you know, that that national park, the culture of of those islands is very rooted in family, like a lot of the Pacific Island nations. And so I, the more I've, I've learned about the culture and the familial bonds that, that are so core to who they are, the, just the more poetic I find that to be that we're going to be ending it at that park. But, um, you know, it's, we, we have an unfinished journey. We all do. I think seeing some of these parks in different seasons appeals to me a lot. Isle Royal, we'd love to go back. Did you have a good experience there? Um, we did. Yes, we we stayed for what three days, maybe. We had a, yeah, um, we hiked a lot on on the island. Yeah, we were we were at the lodge there, so we got to see as much as we could see um, on foot, you know, just by hiking. But that brings me up. You kind of touched on it. So, what will you guys do when you have finished with American Samoa? Is what's going to be next for you guys? Tell them some of your dreams. Tell them some of your dreams for traveling after the national parks. Well, Brad said there's a lot of state parks. And mm-hmm. uh, so I imagine we're going to start out in another direction, I imagine. And I'm for it. Whatever he wants to do, I'm ready to go. I love it. a passport, too. So um, the Canadian national parks would certainly be on our, on our list. Right. The first national park I ever went to was the Maasai Mara in Kenya. And uh, I spent a lot of time in Africa before I started this whole quest with my grandma. And I, I think the biggest dream of all would be to ride through elephant herds and wildebeest herds with her in East Africa. And once again, you know, that would have 
I would have processed that in my brain as a as an unfeasible goal 10 years ago. I, I wanted to ask you about that, Grandma Joy. So I think in this country, aging gets a bad rap, right? People, you know, they retire at 65 or whatever, and people think that by 70 and 80 and surely by 90, life is over. And so I'm, we're just curious, you have river rafted and you have, we saw you zip lining in New River Gorge and doing the bridge walk. What do you owe this to? Why are you at 92 able to do this? And, and a big part of, you, you know, the people who are your age can't do that. I've always had an optimistic attitude. Some people only see the downside of everything. And I try to see the upside of everything. And uh, don't say no. If somebody asks you, do you want to go? Say yes and go. Don't say no and then regret it. Why do you think that you, because people think that you're a superwoman with bionic knees and I got aches and pains like everybody else. I just take aspirin and keep on going. I think a lot of times we think that when we have aches and pains, it's because we're old. But then I think back, I, I had those aches and pains when I was in my 20s. And that's just part of life. So you just keep going. Yeah. And I've, I've been trying to chip away at this for seven years, trying to get this secret to, to life. Like, what, what is it that can keep you so, so gracious and so optimistic in the face of everything that you've been through? There are a lot of people that, give up on travel and adventure and, and living after their spouse dies or after they lose a child. And she lost two out of three of her sons at a very young age. And, um, you know, after my grandpa died within a week, she had to start working at a grocery store in a deli where she worked from 64 to 80. And I just, that would turn so many people bitter and, and make them depressed and just, just. Well, I had fun. Meet all these nice people and, and I still get hugs when I go up there. So oh, I bet you do. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I, it all comes back to um, it all comes back to a choice. That's all there is to it. I'm going to choose to accept that life is a combination of sweet and sour. It's always going to be like that. There will be ups and downs and heartache, but there will also be joy. And hold hold on to that joy in the face of any darkness, and remain grateful for all the things that are going well in your life. And um, and then I think somehow that has anchored her through through all those trials and tribulations. And it I needed that I needed that perspective and that kick in the butt to bring myself out of a depression. And I'm so grateful that I was able to learn from her on the open roads of America. And I thank the Lord every morning for giving me another day. I think gratitude is huge. Um, and, and I was reading, Brad, that a lot of people look at your story and they uh, they look at, you know, what you have done for Grandma Joy and, you know, taking her to all these places and, and giving her these experiences. But then I, I know you you have said before how much she has given you. Yeah, because before I did this, I really didn't, um, I didn't have a, a sense of hope for my life, I guess. I was so fixated on my career in academics. And that turned out not to fill my cup the way I thought it would becoming a doctor. I thought suddenly then everything would align after that. And I would, I would feel like, um, a self-actualized person. It, it just didn't, it was a hard fall. And it is for a lot of people that spend their whole life working towards a career goal only to find that that dream for their job didn't line up with the fantasy of it. And so I didn't really have a, um, I, I just didn't have a sense of what was really important in my life until I was able to reconnect with her after 
a decade of of not having much communication with her and just like i said you you can't um you can't come away from an experience like this and not be profoundly changed when you see a woman in her 80s and now 90s um just leading the charge across the the bridge in new river gorge and you're like you know, i have nothing to be sad about like who how can i be depressed about turning 40 you know there, there's so much there's so much to squeeze out of life if you just make that choice that's that's a great message we are planning our intention is to release this episode on thanksgiving day and we were going to ask you what's what's the one thing you're most thankful for that you learned during this journey but i i think you've already answered that right you're it's it's not a simple answer but the way it's changed you both the experiences you've had the things you've learned about yourself and meeting you guys and meeting all the people that would never have come into our life if we weren't joined in this um, mutual passion for our, our public lands, the great outdoors, um, and just the diversity of people that we've encountered and the mutual or the, uh, that, that just the universal love that we've, we've felt from people in every corner of America, every type of person. Um, we've, we've received a lot of generous support and love from complete strangers and we've made a million new friends because of our um our choice to go out and try to see all 63 national parks and that's i think i think we both feel that way the lands were spectacular the wildlife all those memories of course that's always going to be something that we're profoundly grateful for but i think the thing we're most grateful for are the the human relationships that we've made yeah, that's a great message. You know, when when anybody sets off on a journey like this to see, you know, I'm going to see 63 national parks and you start checking those off the list, it's never about that, is it? It's always about it's about the journey that you two have been on together and the time you've spent together and the people that you've met and the way you've stretched yourself and tried things that you never thought you could ever do. It's about all those things, not just, Oh, you know, we went to Katmai. Oh, we went to Yosemite. So I think that's the thing that we found too, is that this whole journey. And like you said, everyone that we've met, it's, it opened our world in a way that we could never have imagined ever. Even now I get letters. I just got a letter last week from some lady that talked about our journey and, and, uh, she was so thankful and that she's going to do that. And so it maybe we've give somebody a little shove. You're a great inspiration to a lot of people. You really are. Yes. A, a great example of what's possible. If, I think you probably give people a lot of uh, hope, you know, and inspiration. And well, if Grandma Joy can do it, you know, why couldn't I do it too? Right. Um, but I do, um, I did want to ask you guys, so now that you're, you know, these really celebrities, I mean, you've been on all these shows and, and, uh, magazines and stuff. Are, do you get recognized a lot when you go out in public? If we're together? Yeah. Because we always stood out a little <laughs> bit. The, the very first, uh, trip to the Smokies, you know, everybody was kind of giving us that, that look. And she's like, do they think we're like in a relationship? Do they think I'm a cougar? <laughs> <laughs> and I said, I hope they don't think that. Maybe we need, maybe we need shirts like grandma, grandson, with arrows pointing at each other. But, um, you know, it became a story much to our surprise that, or it became a public story much to our surprise. But at the same time, those first 29 parks that we did together before we were ever in any uh, magazines or anything like that, 
we knew that we were an anomaly out there, uh, that, you know, an intergenerational duo of this magnitude was a rare thing to see. And so we were accustomed to having people stop and inquire about who we were and what we were doing. But at the end of the day, I think that if intergenerational connection was common, then we probably never would have become a, you know, a duo of interests in that way. So we hope that that means that as a result of all the media coverage, that that anomaly that we represented is no longer such a, such a reason for a double take and that gray hair is not a, a disqualifier for someone to come along with you on an adventure. I hope that's true. Um, I went to buy a new pair of shoes uh, two weeks ago, and this lady was in the back of the store, and she says, hi, Grandma Joy. I said, oh, hi. I said, holy cow, I went to buy a pair of shoes. <laughs> Could you ever have imagined that you'd be a celebrity at age 92? Yeah, because I'm just some old woman sitting on the front porch. Why did people want to yell at me and say, can I give you a hug? But it's, yeah, when, when we're in the parks, it, it happened to us on the, the end of a dead-end road in Teddy Roosevelt National Park. We were waiting for somebody to show up so they could take our photo with the backdrop. And it didn't have to be a selfie. We thought it was so pretty there. We didn't want to have a, a selfie. And the people put the camera down. They're like, we know you. <laughs> <laughs> like, I cannot believe this is happening in North Dakota. <laughs> oh, I can believe people. it. <laughs> but it's, it's such a... Um, it's a beautiful thing to get letters from people her age who were like, I saw myself in her story and I am that person who's been uh, locked in my house for the last 10 years. And I'm, I've, I've booked a trip somewhere. Oh, it, it may not be a national park, but just like, I'm going to start living because like, what, what do I have to, who, who am I to limit my life in that way? If, if other people who've experienced tragedy have been able to go out and do as much as your grandmother has done in seven years. Don't plan on tomorrow because tomorrow might not come. You know, that's exactly right. And that's why we went to all the national parks is because we thought that we were going to do it when we were 65. And then when we were 50, which is when we did it, when we were 50, um, my sister had just passed away from breast cancer and one of our best friends died suddenly. And all of a sudden at 50, we were, we thought, hold on, no one's promising that we're going to be around at 65 and, or that we'll have the health to do it or anything. And so I think you're right. I think it's seize the day. <laughs> go while you can go. Don't put things off because there's, there's no guarantee. Look how many people plan when I retire, I'm going to do so-and-so mm-hmm. and it never happens. Yeah. yeah you you got to really just, um, and, and and that's the other thing. I even if you can't do a fraction of of all the national parks, and you guys show this all the time, it, it's not all in the name. You know, there are a lot of beautiful places in this country that are in everyone's backyard. Right. And that's I appreciate that about your your podcast and your message because uh, we need to spread out and, uh, yes. and, and yes, we do. <laughs> give some of these parks a little bit of breathing room. And uh, so yeah, I mean, we, we've generated so many ideas just from listening to you guys. So I don't think there's any, whatever the next iteration of Grandma Joy's road trip is, it, it's still going to be grand, I think. I think so too. And if you come back to Washington State at all, if you want to do over at the parks, please uh, definitely look us up. We'll give you our personal tour. The other thing I wanted to mention, I've said this a lot on our podcast, but when we went to Cuyahoga Valley, which Grandma Joy, I know is in your neck of the woods. The uh, train. We didn't do the train. I have to we, do the train. We took the train the wrong direction. So we didn't see the best part of the trip because we went the wrong direction from the wrong station. Oh, so no. um, we, we have uh, unfinished business up there as well. So 
that would be a dream come true if we could um, <laughs> go ride could, the train <laughs> together. <laughs> yes. I think Matt, I think they have ales on rails where they cut, you can drink beer and stuff. So we'll, we'll look into that and see what we can do. <laughs> yeah. yeah it, it doesn't take much to get me on a train. Yeah. That's our home state park. And that was our, um, I want to say the 23rd park that we visited. It took us that long to finally get up to our own park two hours away. That's what everybody says. You know, usually they don't play tourist in their own state. And so, yeah, we, you know, we hear that a lot from, from people who don't go to the parks in their home state, but well, we will be um, watching you guys in April via social media as you hit that last park. I'm sure the world will be watching. That's just such a, momentous thing when you hit that last park and um I, I have goosebumps now just thinking about it you know i mean i don't know if you did know this but so many times you've been passengers in our in our car so Aww. that's that's great we love to you know? hear that i'm so happy to hear that <laughs> yeah it, it's amazing like we have um you know you, you've seen us through the stories on social media and everything and then we know you because we play you in our car and now here we are finally face to face so it means, it means a lot to um, to just connect with you in this way. And on on so many roads of America, we we didn't know where we were going or where we were stopping. You guys were keeping us company, and we oh, were learning. Oh, fantastic! I love that. Thank you for saying that. That makes me feel really happy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Uh, what a thrill, what a thrill to finally chat with you guys in, in person. Well, not technically in person, but as close as we're going to get. Yeah. What a great story. It's uh, wish you well and, and keep up the great attitude and yeah, every day, just start anew and, and keep up all the good work so we can listen to all your podcasts. Oh, thank, thank, thank you. you. Well, we're trying, we're trying to crank out some new episodes. <laughs> And, you know, Grandma Joy, I think that one of the things people love about your story, this story, is that everyone wishes that you were their grandma, that you were their Grandma Joy, because, you know, you look at you and everything you're doing and your outlook. And um, I know I wish you were my grandma. So I think, I think <laughs> thank you very much. <laughs> I, I know it's impossible to get to everything. I just, I, I'm like filing through all these stories that we didn't share with you today. And I know you guys have a million more that you, you didn't share as well, but. Yeah. Yeah. We could, as you know, we could talk for hours and hours and hours about all, of, all of our experiences, but uh, may, maybe we'll do that another time. Yeah. And Hey, maybe when you guys are finished with American Samoa, we could have you back and hear about how that was and have a recap of everything. And then we could touch base on some of these other parks we didn't get to because they're obviously a lot. So. Yeah. I would love, I would love that too. Thanks. For, thanks for letting us be a part of this. This has been one of my dreams for a long time. So. Oh, oh sure. So absolutely. Nice. It's, it's our pleasure. Thank you yeah. for being a guest. Yes. Yeah. We appreciate it. All right, you guys get some sleep and we'll, we'll yeah. talk to you soon. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. We'll see you soon. All right. There is so much to love about Grandma Joy and Brad's story. Yeah. Grandmother and grandson traveling together. I mean, that's just inspirational in and of itself. Right, right. And then the fact that Grandma Joy is out having these kinds of adventures in her 80s and her 90s for the first time ever is... um, It's amazing, it's inspiring, and it's such a great lesson, I think, to all of us about, you know, how to live your life and that life isn't over at 60 or 70, like a lot of us suppose it might be. And I like the point about people telling her that uh, she looks and acts younger now than she did when she started. 
And, I, you know, I think that's true. You get out there and do things, things that are physically challenging at that age, I think, can bring back a lot of uh, enthusiasm and, and physical and mental health. Right. I do think it can kind of uh, reverse the aging process. I think she's a prime example of that. And the other thing, too, is her attitude and her sense of gratitude. I think that also plays a huge part in how we live our lives and what we're able to do. And it was fortunate timing that we had this episode ready to go for Thanksgiving Day. Because mm-hmm. it's just perfect message for a Thanksgiving Day episode. Right, about gratitude. I think my favorite line is what Brad said. It all comes back to a choice. There will be ups and downs and heartache, but there will also be joy. And hold on to that joy in the face of any darkness and remain grateful for all the things that are going well in your life. And of course, the, you know, the play on words, joy and grandma joy, it just, I don't know, this whole story just comes together, comes full circle. And it's something that everybody loves, uh, whether it's because of the grandma grandson bond or the sense of adventure or checking off all these national parks and having a bucket list. It's just, it's an amazing story all the way around. And grandma joy had a good quote, perfect uh, quote for Thanksgiving day. I thank God every morning for giving me another day. I love that. That's a great attitude. I love that. All right. So for all of you listeners, if you want to see photos of their journey and follow along with them as they reach their final park, you can find them on Instagram and Facebook at Grandma Joy's Road Trip. And I know in April, we will be watching them uh, make their way to American Samoa, and we will be living vicariously through them and celebrating as they reach that huge milestone and finish their their journey to all 63 national parks. Yeah, and hopefully one day we'll see them in person at a park. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely.